Moto Spot Show. What is up, everybody? We are back. We are in Nashville, Tennessee, having some fun, getting ready to do this show. Episode 40. 40 episodes. We should be a lot more, but we've been slacking. It's okay. We'll get there when it's time. Um, but we're we're back and we're having some fun. So it's cool to be back. We're three rounds into Supercross. It's been really exciting. A lot of good racing. Guys just you know stepping up. Unfortunately, we had news today of, from Malcolm out with the injury. He's going to go under undergo surgery. So he's going to probably be out. I imagine for Supercross and for outdoors. We'll probably talk a little bit about that tonight with our guest. But huge shout out to our sponsors: Spot Network TV, Works Connection, Bell Ray, Scott Goggles, and Acherby's USA. Please check all those guys out. We're uh, working on a sponsor deal tab right now on our website. The website is live, so please check it out, motospotshow.com. Also, there's a tab for Patreon. Um, if you can, please go donate. It costs you know less than two monsters right now. You know, monsters got expensive, but hey, five bucks. If you can't help us, we're going to go to some more races. We're going to Houston this weekend. Going to do some interviews down there, so anything helps, but thank you. Please check it out, motospotshow.com, and please go check out all of our sponsors, but let's get to episode 40. I got a guest on tonight all the way from California. Just got done at Glen Helen. He's probably saw some craziness. He's a, a MX1, MX2 South African champion, one of the top rising trainers right now in the industry. It's uh, Caleb Tennant. What's up, buddy? How are you? What's up? I'm good to have good to be back on the show. I know it's taken 40 episodes, but uh, glad we could make it happen. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been one of those things. You know how it is. It's just hard to stay consistent. You probably teach that to your kids all the time. It's consistency is everything. And right now, we've just been kind of struggling, but we're we're getting back into it. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad I could uh, be on tonight. Yeah, I appreciate you making the time. Like I said, I know you just got done at Glen Helen. I bet it was a packed house over there. Dude, the checks in California last few weeks has just been crazy again. Everyone's getting back into <clears throat> their schedule. Obviously, the big amateur race is coming up, so I was there all day. I had my senior group in the morning and my juniors this afternoon, and that place was packed all day long. Yeah, yeah. It seems yeah. like you, that rain you guys got was much needed. And it seems like there's some moisture now in the dirt. And it, I mean, I saw a video that uh, Cam Peterson posted and like good ruts at Paris. Like the track looked pretty sick, and I imagine Dude, no, was pretty awesome. good. No, the rain has been the best thing for us. I mean, the California, I mean, I mean, the summers everywhere are brutal, but the California summer is pretty brutal. So we take advantage of when we get this good dirt and the long racks and the super deep track. So I'm loving working in these conditions. Yeah. And speaking of working, you're doing a little playing too. I saw you, I saw you out there getting back and you, do you remember how to ride a dirt bike? Dude, I still actually remember how to ride. So funny <laughs> enough, I can't, I can't last for long. But yeah. um, definitely through the coaching of these last couple of years and getting to see and study so much, like when I get back on the bike, I feel at home, but I just can't do it for very long. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's crazy. Like it's one of those things where you get away from it. It uh, there's a real thing called race shape for sure. There's not just a no the race shape, and then obviously, like I feel like my technique is now better than ever. But just I used to not care, like the risks of. I never used to have that back of the thing in the back of my mind of hanging it out if something went wrong and now yeah. I'm like Jesus if I crash at this doing this stuff like there's going to be a consequence so the whole right. mentality changes when you when you stop being a professional racer yeah you got bills to pay now right so it's uh yeah I'm like I can't be out of work for a month dude. it can't happen <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. worth me hanging it out to stay with these fast amateur kids yeah no for sure it, uh, you, you've done it you've proved it and uh, you don't got nothing to prove anymore so but, no, but it's all good to be back on the bike. Yeah, for sure. And I saw uh, I saw you got to ride with Fabio. It looked like he was here for San Diego and for a Yamaha launch. Um, how does he ride? Yeah. He rides pretty good. 
Dude, he actually rides really well. So we've been friends for a little while, and I always go. I take every year we go to watch the Austin Motor GP. Okay. So I was going to him. He actually used to try coming every every January, and but he'd spend the month training in California, and then since COVID, it never really happened. So he finally got to come back. But he's been actually riding every single day. I actually did a session or two with him. Um, we got to hang out a bit at the weekend too. So he actually rides really well. Um, I nice. mean, obviously it's. For him, he finds the best training for his MotoGP is, is riding motocross. I mean, he says between the flat track, all other stuff, his favorite training and what he thinks benefits him the most is, is that. Because they only get to ride their MotoGP bikes a couple of times a year other than yeah, racing. For testing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's funny. A lot of those... Yeah, a lot of those road racers like Campy and, and Bobier and um, Matthew Skoltz, a lot of those guys are like, man, motocross is like our getaway. Like... It's uh, yeah. it kind of releases like makes it fun again for them to go racing because you know how it is when you do it every weekend it, it drains you so it's cool that those guys yeah. can race not race but ride a dirt bike at the level they do like they're no they're no ponies like they rip yeah well most of those guys have a motocross background and they're actually trying to push it now we actually starting something with the W training facility and with John Hopper okay and all that we're trying to get something going where we're going to start getting these young motocross athletes and start getting them on some road bikes and starting to oh, teach nice. them from earlier try and get the american racing team a bit bigger with the with the road racing which is pretty cool that would be yeah that'd be neat because like a lot of guys can can go dirt bike racing right like it's not too ex- i mean yes it's expensive but road racing is not even i mean it's a whole nother level expensive so um, yeah but the guys everyone that's come if you look at campy if you look at brad binder if you look at all these guys that are top yeah. motor gp and and uh, road racers they come from a motocross background yeah so the, the skills you learn from motocross easily translate over to the road racing. So I mean, cool. they they find most of them find motocross more tough than what they with the MotoGP. I mean, they go crazy speeds, but they they find the motocross the most challenging for them. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. seems like that's what everybody says. And like that video of, of Fabio talking to Eli and like how gnarly Eli's suspension was. He's like, holy shit! Like that stuff's stiff. Yeah. So, so no, it's, it's a nice respect between the motocross riders, and that's why yeah. it's always nice to see the forms of motorsports yeah yeah for sure but for you like mx1 champion mx2 champion like how how's that transition being to leave south because like for i didn't say at the beginning of the show but you're originally from south africa you just spent a month there visiting family how how was that transition from coming from there to here and like building what you're building so the biggest thing was i mean the guys coming from south africa we have some huge talent in, in, in our country but it's yeah, just so different talent. over here yeah. I mean the guys going from Europe to America back and forth but things are just really different the intensity here is crazy the, the amount of fast riders the amount of the amount of tracks how rough the tracks get how differently they develop it's just a whole different scene like where I'm from there's one motocross track within five hours oh, here you've got five motocross tracks within within an hour there's fast guys every day just what these guys get exposed to from a young age gives them so many tools to progress so quickly so when i came over here i always found my speed was great i would do well in the local races but going to race the outdoors was just a whole nother a whole nother beast like yeah. between these guys the big na- like the, from the amateur nationals of texas and the raiders and that stuff and then obviously transferring to the the pro ranks there's so much that goes into it so Yes, you can be talented and you can have speed, but it takes some time to adjust. So that was the biggest thing for me. I feel like by the time I'd retired at the end of 2019, I'd Epstein and That was my main reason for retiring. And it got to a point where I was doing really well, but it wasn't at a point where I feel like I was going to be a solid top 10 guy in the 450s. I feel like I still needed another year to get myself more in the groove. And I just felt with moving my whole life over here, I couldn't just put all my eggs in just racing. Yeah. All, all my eggs in one basket. Like I wanted to make a life out here with that. So, 
I felt for me the best decision was I was always sort of coaching and always sort of riders and, and got a lot of experience from coming back and forth and went through a lot of through my racing and my injuries and my mental challenges. So I thought the training would be the best transition for me and it ended up being the best decision I made. Yeah, no, it seems like you got a really big following. You're now a USMCA coach. Um, so, I mean, you're definitely worked with, you know, top athletes. You, you've worked with Deegan, you've worked with, um, uh, I think Mufford, a couple guys, right? Like you've worked with some, some, yeah, like so now Mark Funiers, I've worked with, with them quite a bit. I've worked with Luke Cloud for a little bit. So, yeah. but for me, I, I really try to focus, like my big thing that I found was I try to focus on the amateur kids coming up. I really feel like yeah. I'm good with the kids and also all the trainers want to be with the top pros. I mean, that's what all the trainers want to be with the best guys. Everyone's yeah, and what I felt different. was the top guys the top top guys already have their trainers sit in their teams and then obviously the, the privateer guys don't really have the funding to to be able to hire a full-time trainer and be able to focus on it like the top pros are so i i really adapted with, with the kids and i thought i'm gonna i'm gonna focus on the amateur riders getting to that level of them going pro yeah but it's really hard also with the schedule of like you see now there's this supercross every weekend outdoors to train the pros and the amateur guys it's uh, it's too much to focus on both yeah, and uh, like that's how you and I. I mean, our relationship started with you know Campy and a couple of those guys, but it got we got to know a little more at Loretta's and and those nationals and seeing you. I mean, I, every time I saw you, you're running to the podium. You had a kid, you know, up there, a kid in the race yeah. or something. So it seems like you're putting a lot of emphasis on that. Um, I know you did some stuff over at Canyon Richards House, and uh, yeah. that kid's on the rise. Like he rips. He's got a sick facility. Um, well, dude, it's just it's crazy to see what what this shocking me more and more as I'm going through this and the people I'm working with is how from such a young age how mature some of these kids are becoming and how quickly they're developing and yeah. how fast they learn and like you watch some of these top nationals like you go watch the Raiders go watch the 65 class and watch how those riders are and they, they race craft and the way they ride their bikes like it's evolving so much that these kids from from I have some kids that are nine years old that ride the way, almost the way Jet Lawrence, they will look at Jet Lawrence on the bike in a way. I mean, not saying exactly, but yeah, you'll see just the, the way the they get like good the technique, ride, yeah. Like, the stuff that these, some of these kids can do already, it's super exciting. And it's, so it's really cool being able to develop that and see the progress. So um, it really excites me, these, these amateur kids coming up. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the worry, right? We always look about, like, we look at the future and say, hey, like, how many kids are going to be riding and, you know, how, how much longer can people afford to do this? But then you go to Loretta's and you just, it's every year, it's packed. So Dude, it's, it's growing exciting. bigger and bigger. The amateur scene, it's, it's growing and these kids are getting so gnarly and more and more people yeah. are getting into it. And that's why I stayed in Southern California. I mean, I love it here. But if you go to a, a, one of these practice tracks on any day and you see how many people are actually riding, it's, it's, it's so cool seeing how big the sport still is. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good for us. It's it's good for the industry. We need it. And know. look, Anaheim, Anaheim was sold out both 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 weekends. When last was was Dude. Anaheim sold out for the last yeah. few years, you know. So A1 it just shows the force is going in a, going in the right direction, which is which is great. Yeah, that's what we want. I know a lot of people are talking this about electric and talking that about electric. I think a lot of it's just a different demographic, right? And I think you know the fifty class is is really cool. But for me, it's like yeah, it's it's different for us. Whatever, it's electric, but. I just want people riding. Like I just want to see yeah. people at the track just enjoying it because it's it's really like a true therapy, man. Like it's cool. Like what this sport has yeah. done for a lot of people. No, exactly, and it keeps people on the ride. I mean, just and even if the kids don't end up making it to pro, like just the amount I learned from a young age of, and I was very dedicated with my training and strict to myself. And I, I mean, I had my trainer obviously push me in that way. But what I learned as a kid growing up of the discipline, what you need to do, like it keeps you in check. So like no matter what you take out of it. Yeah. You can't race motocross 
pop artistry. So either way, whatever you take from it, it's going to give you life skills for whatever you end up doing, even if you don't make it to become a top pro. Yeah, for sure. I, I would agree. I mean, just it's one of those things where I knew I wasn't going to be a top pro, but I just loved it so much. I was like, all right, sales is my is the direction I'm going. So uh, luckily yeah. for me, it worked out. But I mean, for you, though, is it is it cool like to see? Well, of course, it's cool. But what's the transition like to see a kid, you know, from a 65? And I don't want to talk too much about Hayden because I know everybody talks about him and you've t- you've done multiple yeah. interviews about it. But I want to talk about just any kid in particular, like that transition from a 65 to an 85 to a 250. Like how, how do you balance that? Yeah. It's just crazy to see how cricket goes. Like for me, my whole life, I mean, I did other work and stuff between but my whole life. My goal was, I want to be racing pro one day. I want to be a world champion. Like that was all I focused on. And when I got these kids, especially the kids that I stayed with for a while. And I mean, dude, I was with Hayden for almost three years. I, I, yeah. I was with him when he was first on 85 juniors and I was with him until he went to star. So a little bit afterwards. So I got to see all those transitions and yeah. just the amount of maturity that goes into it, the work. I mean, everyone judges it, but the work they put in, but like, so I end up living through my kids and I can still have a nice lifestyle. I can still do stuff that I need to, but I can help these riders that I've been through those same challenges and to see them progress. Or like, even I've had some, like, I've worked with some guys that are complete beginners in the beginning and then two years to see how far they've come. So it's like, I've lived through my riders. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's awesome. For me, I'm so passionate about the sports, and I'm so passionate about my riders. But it's not only about oh, if they do well, it looks good on me. It's just so rad for me because now that that's kind of what I grew up on, you know. Yeah, um, totally. I, I was all I wanted to do was be that and to help these riders, to help these riders get to that level and see how they're getting better and appreciating things. But there's no feeling like it, you know. Yeah, totally. And like it, it for you. I mean, it's probably one of those things where like. It's not just a. It's not just being a coach or a trainer. It's kind of like they come to you for advice. So it's like I. I could imagine some of those kids just, like you said, they do it so young, so they probably get burnt out. You know, there's probably kids right now that you had a year ago that are on eighty fives that are getting ready to transition to a one twenty five, and it's like they're like, man, I just, yep. I'm just so like over, not over it, but I'm just like burnt out. And you're like, hey, like you know, just maybe take a little break. I don't, I don't know, but I can imagine you have to kind of give them a little bit of advice too, towards not all just. Yeah. Coaching. Well, that's, that's the thing that you just got to work. Another thing with amateurs, you got to work with the parents. I think I'm pretty good with like, once I get the parents trust to make them, cause some, obviously yeah. some parents are really nice and calm. Some are really, I mean, they put a lot of money and a lot of effort. They're more like super hard ass. And like, sometimes you got to remind them, Hey, this kid's like 10 years old. Like if he doesn't enjoy it in a few years, this is all going to be wasted. Like I try to make sure yeah. My kids have a discipline, but they've got to enjoy riding. My biggest thing is, I know for myself, when I was not happy or I wasn't confident or I wasn't enjoying my riding, I didn't ride good. So I, and I can see that my riders too, the best time they, when I see them ride their best is when they're confident and happy doing what they do. Yeah. So you've got to manage a lot of that with the parents, the riders, find that balance of, okay, dedication and, okay, let's keep this fun. Until a certain level, at a certain level, okay, we can't keep this too fun anymore. Like, Hayden's going to race his first outdoor at the Supercross this weekend. There's no more fun involved in, I mean, I'm sure it's fun to go win and stuff, but yeah. I'm not, you're not considering, okay, what he cares about anymore of fun on the bike. Like, this is your job now. Yeah. But getting to that point, he had to enjoy when he was on Super Monies, even though they had that pressure, you've got to enjoy what you're doing. Totally. Yeah. It's and of course, you ride and train. Yeah. You've got to make Live the training it. enjoyable. Yep. So there used to be that. I, I, like, I'm trying to change a little bit of that. I mean, I know the old school thing is just go no matter what. It's like, nope. Oh, I think we lost you. Pardon. You there? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> he's, he's in his truck, so we're trying to bang this out, people. Sorry. 
Yeah, my bad. <laughs> no, you're good. But yeah, you're right. Like, it, there's a certain point where like it's it's fun. You know, you're running around with your friends and and all that stuff. And I, I you know, I imagine some of these guys still do that. But now it's like, okay, you you are a professional athlete. Like, you are getting paid to race in front of fifty thousand people. Like, now it's now it's go time. So yeah, no, yeah. But it's been the whole thing. You've seen so many of these amateur kids. At 12, 13, and see the next big thing, and then their parents out and they lose their passion. So it's very, you've got to keep that balance for sure. Especially when these do these kids are riding three, four days a week. Every week it becomes their life, you know? Yep. So it's a lot of, there's a lot of sacrifice that come involved in all different directions. Yeah, it's, it's cool though. I mean, we'll see. Like I said, you got some cool people you're working with, but you know, you got a, you also, like you said, you got SoCal right in your backyard. You went to A1, you went to San Diego. You, I imagine you might have went yeah. to A two as well. Um, what do you think yep, so far? Of the, yeah. So what do you think so far of like the the first three rounds? Dude, it's just crazy to see the competition. I mean, obviously the two fifty class is a little bit tough, guys. Uh, some guys crashing, falling off. But the four fifty class is just crazy, man. I mean, I was just watching a bit of a podcast the other day, like with Christian Craig talking, like, dude, that guy's unreal. Last year, Supercross champion, and just like, like he says, if you don't stop, I mean. Like someone like Webby, no impact of getting to the pack. But in general, these guys aren't just coming from 12th place and coming to third place in a race anymore. It's, it's like that, yeah. that class is so gnarly all the way through. So it's made for some super interesting racing and just to see all these past champions, like how, how tough it is if you don't get up front there and just one little bit you off and, and you're not going to be a top five or something nice. Yeah, it's very stiff. And I think that goes back to what you said earlier about 65 riders. Like, all these kids are getting so fast. I think this is going to become the new normal where there's five, six guys, seven guys, eight guys that can fight for wins, which is like really oh, yeah. exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's made for some awesome racing. So I think it's going to keep switching up every week. I mean, I still think Eli looks unbelievable this year. I think he's going to be a hard one to beat overall. Yeah. But um, it's going to be interesting. It's hard to call the rest of it, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been one of those things where you just never know. And, I never expected Tomac to be this good, but also I think no. a little bit of it has to do with Star. Like they just have the kind of the no, you know, f's given. They just whatever you need, let's make it happen. And I think Jeremy Coker yeah. and, and Bobby Reagan, you know, make a good team. And they're just whatever they need to do to make that a winning motorcycle. There's there's no cutting corners. Where I think yeah, you know, some and of I mean, the other I factories are different. So yeah, I mean, I didn't get to, I haven't heard too much inside. Like, I don't follow up too much on what the teams are talking about and that stuff. So, yeah. I don't know what's really been going on, but I mean, it's obviously been good. But I was there when they had, when Tomac, I mean, I tasted the brand Yamaha's when they came out. Yeah, I was going to get to that. I was going to get and, to that because you went to the actual Star facility. Yep. I was there tasting when they, when before anyone had ridden the bikes, other than I think Tomac had an hour on it. We were like the first guys to ride it. Yeah. Other than one or two people and everyone, uh, Ferranis had just got on the bike and, everyone's first impression was pretty, they were pretty blown away by the bike. Like the feel from Ferrandis, the feel from Tomac. I mean, looks like Ferrandis is still struggling with some stuff, but yeah. it's there. I remember his impressions were like, you can finally feel his bike again, like what he felt in the 250. That's, that's badass. How do you, uh, and I mean, I felt, I used to hate, I was the biggest person that hated the Yamaha 450. I, I, I got hurt on that bike so many times when I rode it in 2018 and 2019, when I came to the States and I struggle with it so much. And this new bike, I, I, it was my favorite bike I've ridden. That's that's sick. And you, I also rode the twenty three KTM's at Redbud, so that's a pretty big statement. 
Dude, I, yeah, it's hard to say. that. That's the thing. I love the 23 KTMs. I felt the 450 was a bit too much for me. I love the 250 and the 350. Yeah. But again, it's hard because, again, on both tracks, the conditions were so amazing. I mean, one was riding at Redbud, the one was riding at the Goat Farm. Yeah. So I didn't get to do enough testing in different conditions to really weigh up the two bikes together. I did love the KTMs, absolutely did, but there was something about that new core. It made me just, I didn't, for me, especially not riding too much and being a smaller guy, I'm 150 pounds. The 450 is a lot for me, yeah. but the Yamaha yeah. felt like the most controllable 450 I've ridden in a long time. Which yeah, is you see I heard it's stable. Day. Like, it's very stable. Yeah, it's smaller, slimmer. It doesn't feel like a big 450. Um, so, I mean, dude, it would honestly be a hard toss-up between the new 350 and the and the, four, and the Yamaha 450. But I just loved that just out-the-box, how that bike was, suspension, everything. It's like you didn't really have to do anything to it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see the the how what Yamaha's come from because you know like you just said you know 10 years ago or maybe you know even six years ago five years ago they weren't really that popular i mean that people bought them because they knew how reliable they are but now like these dealerships can't even keep this bike in stock like as soon as it's in the floor yeah. it's gone and it doesn't even make it to the yeah, floor yeah i mean like, same with calvin i mean here's another he's another interesting fact that uh, calvin flounder and he's the one who won he won mx of nations in 2019 with hurlings and calvin the yeah. netherlands and he won one of the MXGPs this year in the 450 class in um, Sardinia. He said when he tested this brand new bike out the box, it kind of felt like it was set up very similar to how they'd spent months testing his full race bike. He said it almost felt like his full race bike. Dang. Like the feel of it. Like instantly he felt as comfortable as he did on his bike. Obviously with the fuse, I mean, the yeah. standard suspension can be better, but he said overall the bike felt what they've been setting up. So he was super excited to get it properly dialed in with the factory to see what it could be. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I I I want to ride one for sure. I do. I just bought that KTM 350, and I really enjoy it. It's for even my big ass. Dude, it's, just, it's yeah. fun. For me, I've just become a, a bit of a princess. So I only like riding when it's nice conditions. The <laughs> yeah, weather's same. good. The rust's not good. Like for me, yeah. it's a bit of wind. Too hot. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just a gol- I'm just a golfer now, dude. Just just golfing. Dude, um, so. you know what's really irritating is all my friends. Uh, just this new golf thing has taken over, and it's the one sport I cannot play. Yeah, and all my friends are so into golf, and it's what they're doing in their spare time, and I'm feeling very left out. You just gotta go get some lessons, dude. You'll figure it out. It ain't bad, <laughs> dude. It's fine. The one struggle. <laughs> it's a struggle. Do you think? Uh, do you think we'll see someone to um, kind of get on Jet's level? I know uh, we saw RJ win a moto, and I think Levi won a moto, but you know Jet has his struggles. Do you? Do you believe the hype, or what's your thoughts? Dude, yeah, Jet's unbelievable. Just how calm he rides. Even like you were talking about with San Diego. Dude, McAdoo's heart and the way he rides is unreal. Like, yeah. he is really damn good. It's just that Jet's on just such a such a good level and he just rides so calm and has so much control that he doesn't have to take many risks. So that puts him in a better position. I think I, I rate you. I've always rated Levi so high. I think he's such an incredible rider. Mm. I think it's still going to take him a little bit more time to get right to where Jed is all the time, but I do think he can potentially win some races this year. Um, I mean, he already won one, but I mean, straight up, he's speed, and sometimes when you see that guy on his flow, he's unbelievable. Dude, watching him at Loretta's, I was like, he's the real deal. He just, he no, just dude, hasn't he can catch do. a break. Yeah, he just hasn't been able to catch no, a break. No, but if he, if he, and apparently the way he rides in practice and stuff, no one can touch him. So if yeah. he rides like he knows how to in his flow, I think he's he could be the biggest one to give a, to give a, a run with Jet if he's on his if he's on form. I think on speed it could be pretty close. Yeah, I, I, Jet just I, obviously he took a remember Jet took his years where he had to go to maturity, the crashes, and now 
when you watch him ride, nothing seems like it's a, a stress. Yeah, I I I think there's a I think there's a a next step for for the star guys, and it sound it seems like Levi found it last weekend, and it sucks yeah. that he has to take a break, you know, because he's just now you know getting his stride back, and you can maybe talk about this more than I can, but it seems like when you start to find that, and then you take a break, it almost like kind of shoots you down, like you're like fuck, like I it just does, got, but it's a big just, confidence thing now that now that Levi won, yeah, this could be interesting to see about the next round. He's gone into this break, won a race, his confidence is there. Because he rides in practice of confidence. And I mean, yeah. so if he can put it all together on race days, I mean, dude, that day in San Diego, he looked great. If he had got that whole shot, it would have been interesting to see how many laps he could have led. So, I mean, going confidence, dude, you have no idea. Like like everyone says, when they win their first race, they always feel like it's just the easiest race a lot of the time because you're just in fun, you got your flow, you're not worrying about anyone. And then when you've got that, that chip, when you can go into a race knowing I can win this or I've, I've, I've got this, yeah. It's so crazy when you just doubt yourself at 5%, how much of a different situation it can put you in. That makes so sense. So yeah. the, the, the mental part of it, like, so all these guys that have the talent, if you can go and believe I'm winning this, and you know you can, like, now that he's got that win, it'll be interesting to see. So yeah, I, and I mean, just chatting to some guys too, like, I think by, by next year, that guy's going to be a champion. Be yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's a big deal. Yeah, I could, I could see that for sure. Um, how do you feel about Triple Crowns? Are you a fan? I'm a fan for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, for, I, I mean, I know it I must be hard for the ra- it must be hard for the races. I, yeah. I think for the races it must be tough, but for us, it's so good for us to watch. It just keeps the racing so interesting. If one of your mm-hmm. good riders, if one of your riders you're supporting go down, they have another chance at it. Like it just keeps the racing super interesting. So I think for a fan point of view, I love that. I love that. I love that. I wish it could be just two main events all the time, like like it is with motos. It just always keeps the keeps the racing interesting. Yeah. Do you think uh, each each race should pay points or no? Oh, that's a tough one. Okay. Cause I haven't like, really thought about that. Yeah, because I mean, like you, would, if you would have had the situation like with you know this weekend, Coop, Cooper would probably be your points leader right now. Oh wow, that is true. Yeah. So that's interesting. Like, I wonder if there should be like a, uh, the triple cards are interesting. It definitely throws a span in the works, but it's. I just like it because it just keeps the racing so damn entertaining. Like, it just, there's nonstop action. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of it, whether they did the points or not, but uh, I, I, I like the schedule for sure. Yeah. How do you uh, how do you feel about the tracks nowadays? Like, you know, when we when we watched racing back in the day, and you're, you're close with Grant Langston, and uh, you watched races from back in the day, and maybe you and Grant talked about this, but, you know, they were a lot harder packed last, you know, in, in the early days. There were some tracks that were a little bit softer, but yeah. for the most part, they're they're pretty hard in blue groove. What do you think about the, the tracks nowadays and, and how soft they are? I mean, A1 Dude, was gnarly. Like, ruts were gnarly yeah. at A1. Well, that's obviously a lot because of the um, because of the rain. But you know, I look at him and like just chatting to the riders, like yeah, even chatting to Kitchen. Like, did he said, oh, he was scared all day. Like, it's, you can't even see the transition because you land in one lap. It's a clean off a triple. The next lap, next minute, there's a there's a hole in the face, and your back end gets kicked up. Like even Roxton, I spoke to him at the one day test track, and he's like, dude, you never know what you're gonna get. So it's also hard. Like we were talking about the trust and confidence. Yeah. When you don't really know what's gonna happen on it, like it's it's. I like it that it's technical, but it's also like, dude, like you see these guys having these huge crashes because with it being so soft, it's so unpredictable on the transitions of what the bike's going to do sometimes because you can't always read what's going on on that soil. It might look like it's a clean run and then there's a big hole in it. And now you see bounce and now something changes. So yeah. I, know it's, I know it's really tough for the guys for sure. Yeah, I think Tomac mentioned either in it, 
on Dirt Shark or another interview, but he said he's like, man, he's like, it's it's kind of cool, but he's like, it's it's at the point now where it's almost dangerous. He's like, it's. But dude, it's also the thing is if it's too hard, Patrick, with how fast these bikes and how fast these yeah. guys are going, it's it's a it's a mix of letting the track be too simple, where everyone's doing the same things. Yeah. And trying to keep it technical and slow things down. So I mean. For me, it's I love balance, watching yeah. a track where there's different variations and there's different guys doing stuff. I, I hate watching between two fifties and four fifties, everyone doing the same thing all day, all night. Yeah. So it's just tough with the bikes and stuff getting so damn good, um, which makes it challenging to slow the guys down and keep it really technical. Dude, how big was that step on step on that Kenny and no, dude, it, and Tomac did? No, you see, that's why also times I look at it, and I'm like, I'm actually glad I'm on the sidelines watching. Like that's that was gnarly, dude. Like they just were no. just seat bouncing so hard, and then yeah. that one, so, that no, one, like, Tomac like cased it. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my yeah, dude, God, no, dude. no, dude, I don't envy those guys at all. So I no. mean, like I said, even chatting to the guys that I do, it's it's gnarly out there. I mean, I know they always say that, but it's like. Yeah, it, this year has been. It seems like it's been pretty tough so far with the with how soft the, the dirt's been, especially for West Coast. Normally, this blue grooves on the side. No, I know you yeah. get this in some of the West Coast, uh, East Coast rounds, but it's been a uh, it's been soft for sure. Totally. Do you uh, do you think uh, or not? Do you think what did what did you think of the new stadium, Snapdragon, in San Diego? Because usually it's Pet. It was always Qualcomm, then it went to Petco, and now it's at Snapdragon, which yeah. is a new. Song I'll tell stadium. you what I did like. I like that it was big, like the track and stuff, and the stadium's cool. Yeah. What was so cool about Petco was the vibe of the stadium. Like yes. Everyone, yeah, right there next to the water. Would come there. Yeah. Everyone's there. So everyone would make a day of it, would stay over, hang out the next day. So, like, what was always cool about the Super the San Diego round is it kind of brought everyone together. And, like, afterwards, everyone, I mean, some of the riders would, but everyone would go out and meet up afterwards. And I feel like that was always the vibe of Supercross. And now it's got to a point where, dude, I, I remember we went to, like, the little, actual whatever the after party was this year. And every other year, you, the whole street, you run into everyone you know, and there's people. This year, it's nothing. People go do their job and they go home. So I don't like, it's such a vibe that San Diego is gone. Like, everyone would go to San Diego. Everyone would meet up afterwards, hang yeah. out the next day. So that, that part kind of sucks, but it's so nice just walking across from your hotel to Petco, um, getting in and out of the stadium now. It's just, it just adds all of that stuff. So, I mean, I'll, I'm a big fan of Petco for sure. Yeah, so I, I think Snap's the new spot, but we'll see if it goes. Because Petco's... Getting tore down or no? It's was that the reason? What was the reason? I don't even know the reason why they they moved it. I think they said Petco was maybe getting torn down, but I could be wrong. Nope, don't quote me. But I thought that's what they. Yeah, I heard another thing that apparently the I don't know how true this is. True, apparently the Padres are having such a good season and they don't want to have dirt on it. That was one story I heard. So I don't know. Okay, yeah, I don't know for sure. But I was a big. I went to the. We went to the official after party, which is normally you can't even get in, and there were about thirty people in the whole place. So that was a bit of a fail. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. So that. Um, other than that, so, but no, the racing's been interesting. I'm excited to see through the whole year. I still wish there was a way to keep the east and west two fifties together, just have everyone together. I mean, that would be a. I think so too. Yeah. Day. I think I think that would just make good racing, right? We the showdown yeah. sometimes are the, the main guys split. So. Yeah, it makes it exciting to watch the two fifties when they all come together. But it's a hard one to make do with the, with the privateers and getting guys from east to west. So I guess there's a lot more logistics into it than we'd want to see. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I I just yeah, because outdoors is so cool to have everybody there. The, the teams are already going there, right? So it'd be cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, that's been good. What do you think about World Supercross? Um, do you think it's a lot? Are you excited as a fan? Like. As a fan, I'm excited, but as a industry 
I wouldn't even say I'm an industry person, but just knowing some of these guys, I just feel like it's a lot. It's it's a lot. It is a lot. I mean, for me, I'm excited. I mean, I love watching more racing, but dude, already these guys have such a small. I mean, they don't even really get an off season. There's right. No off season. Yeah. So they have to, it's so now it just makes it even shorter. I mean, I'm just worried it's also going to make it's going to take a little bit of hype from America for NX of Nations because the World Supercross. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the guys will be like, I want to do everything. So it's it's just a lot of racing, dude. I mean, I think it's a cool idea. I mean, I don't know why they maybe didn't shorten some Supercross rounds, or maybe maybe to keep the World Supercross and maybe have three less Supercross rounds or something like that. But yeah. it's a lot of racing, dude, for the guys. Like it's a hectic season. Yeah, I would agree. I, I just I get what Supercross is doing, and it's cool. Like they want to have the best athletes, you know, thirty one rounds, thirty one weeks of the year. But I just feel like it should have been maybe like twelve Supercrosses and ten. 10 outdoors. And yeah, like I would have said, if you're going to add those three, like maybe take a few away. Yeah. Keep a little off-season because that's the thing. You want to keep seeing these guys want to come back every year. And especially when they start having families and their routines so, so long, all these guys are like, damn, dude, I want to have a little bit of a normal life this week. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's, a tough, it's a tough one to keep the guys in the sport for long. Totally. Uh, do you plan on going to any uh, World Supercrosses? We'll see when the time comes. I'm, already, okay. I'm just trying to get my year on track. I've been kind of taking it one step at a time. I actually really wanted to go watch Hayden's first race this weekend, but my work schedule has been so crazy that I just trying to plan one step at a time at the moment. Yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely going to Los Angeles one. Oh, of course, I'm going. I'm to gonna go. Yeah, one. I plan on going That's down the road. Too. Yeah, I plan on going. I don't even that know what the exact schedule is. Anything around my area, I love going to watch races. Yeah. Well, and you, you're, 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 I would say you're heavily involved in the industry. Like you're quote unquote, an industry person, you know, everybody. So, um, it's probably fun yep. to, fun to go and, and hang out. Everyone. Yeah. Oh, you need, you got my bed ready for LA. I'm going to, I'm going to need me. Anytime. I'm, I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, stop it. Oh, <laughs> do you, do you feel like there's going to be, Somebody that steps up this year, kind of out of the out of the blue, you know, like you know, AP's had some solid heat races. You know, you talked about Craig yeah, earlier. Craig's, AP's got speed, or not AP? Sorry, Craig's got speed, but he just hasn't been able to put it together. Like, do you feel like anybody's going to kind of step up? Dude, I really thought Malcolm would be the guy. I, I really too, thought yeah. I was. I thought I think he was going to be the first next guy to win that not the Sexton or the, the Anderson or or, or, or Tomac. I mean, obviously, Webb, I mean, Webb, but you say. But I mean, those are your favorites. But I would have said uh, Malcolm was my guy. I mean, dude, I'd love to see Craig do well. I'd love to see AP do well. I'd love to see them get a start and just be up front and see what happens. It seems like I've never seen Craig up in the top five in the first lap. So, I mean, like he said, when you're battling in the middle of the pack, it's so hard to get your own groove and get to the front. So I don't think we've seen nearly what Craig's about. I mean, like you say, with AP, with the, with the heat race, it would be nice to see him get a main event start. But it's so hard to say, dude. Given that these top guys are so so on it, they, when when they've got everything kicking, it's it's hard to catch up and, and get to that point. Yeah, and we're three rounds in. The championship's pretty close, and we got Justin Cooper coming in hot. Um, what's your thoughts? Oh damn! It's Justin racing this weekend. Yeah, yeah, four fifty. Damn! I mean, the thing is, he gets good starts. I mean, we haven't. That's seen what him I said too. I told that somebody too. I was like, he gets starts. So, I mean, we haven't seen him start on the fourth of the but I don't think it matters. No. If he can get a good start, I mean, he's super solid. I can't say because I have not seen him either fourth of the and I haven't. But, I mean, I think it's a big, for him, it's a big, I think he's got a point to prove, even though he's probably saying there's no pressure. Yeah. But I'm sure he's going to want to come out for you. I think, I think five to eight 
You think I'm drunk? I think five to eight. If because just because he can start. No, no. I, yeah, I would definitely say between five and ten is more than possible. Yeah. I mean, if he gets up front, then there's no reason why not. I can't see him getting pushed back too far. I mean, like I said, I haven't heard, heard too much about his riding since he's been back. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he, I mean, dude, when he rode as an amateur and stuff, he was smaller. And he rode the four fifty. He was pretty incredible in a four fifty. So yeah, I think I think especially as a newborn, like smaller and slimmer, I think he, I think he'll be good. That's what I told someone to do. I'm like, I'm like, maybe if he was on a different model, I think it'd be a little different. But I'm like, a, he just had a super strong MX's Nations showing, and b, he's on one of the best bikes right now. So, and he has one of the best programs with Star. He's got the two yeah. two fastest, not fastest. And he actually but, doesn't have that much pressure. Like, there's no one expecting yeah. him to go out and get a top three. Right, like nobody's saying, "Hey, you better win, or you're getting kicked off Star." Yeah. So yeah. when you go in like that and you relax, and it, it often can turn out pretty good. Yeah, I think I think if he gets a start, this the twenty minute moto might be a little much for him, but he's probably been practicing those. But still, like race speed's different than practice speed. So yeah, um, I. Think, oh, I'm just glad it's just I like I like him getting out into it. I actually forgot he was racing this weekend. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see that and see and see Hayden in it. Some of that ball comes out, but. Uh, the exciting weekend to watch. Yeah, we got Hayden this weekend, Chance Hymas, and um, Talon Hawkins. So, oh wow, um, I'm be yeah, so three three future kids that are going to make their pro debut. So, and I have a couple guys out, so they have they have the two PC guys out, so it could do pretty well. Yeah, I I you know I think Deegan, everybody gave him a lot of shit about futures and. It probably wasn't what he wanted, you know. It wasn't what the team wanted, so I, I bet he went back to the drawing board, and he's going to come out swinging and, and po- have a point to prove this weekend. Yeah, I mean, doing the shot, just that pressure, getting a bad start, having five minutes. He obviously was in a rush to get to the front, pushed a little too hard, made some little mistakes, a lot of learning. So at least he got those first base nerves out, out of his out of his uh, out of his way, and see if he can. Uh, I mean, dude, that kid's mature. He learns from his mistakes. That's one thing he doesn't. He's not someone to call things. He'll he'll learn quickly from his mistakes and figure it out. Won't take him very long. No, no. I mean, he's he's proved time and time again. He knows how to ride a dirt bike, so it'll be good. But we got a yeah. uh, we got a segment called Beach Say What. We get with JD Beach, um, really cool guy. I don't know if you know JD. He's used to road race. He now does fa- yeah. factory flat track for uh, factory yeah. Yamaha. He's got his first race coming up in Daytona, but he. Made some time for us today and, and sent some questions. So huge shout out to JD for taking the time and doing this for us. And uh, But he's got a few questions for you, so let's see what he's got. Um, so his first one for you is, what is your go-to routine to get something in while traveling? So if you're, you know, if you're at Mini O's, like what, what are you kind of doing to get your workout in? So it depends. I mean, it also depends on where we're staying. If I'm staying at the track, I mean, what I always put my guys through is I'll, I'll wake up in the morning and always go for a run. I'll stretch out, do a little bit of body weight stuff, whatever I can work with. There's always a way to be able to get a workout routine in. Yeah. Obviously, if you're staying at the hotel, there's, a little, um, there's, always a, there's always a little workout area at the hotel. There's never any excuse to never get something in, but um, I always enjoy running. So I feel like I can go for a 20 or 30 minute run, get a little stretch out, get, a little, get some push ups, some core workouts in. So um, I always make something work even when we're away. Yeah. Yeah, so you kind of just get something, get the blood flowing, and then, you know, probably food. My, I think for me, like, I mean, I'm not no athlete at all. I'm far from it, but and I'm struggling with this really hard. But for me, like traveling and having a diet is the hardest thing for me. Like, I don't know. That's 100%. 
Yeah, like the workout, I I can't say it's easy, but I feel like that's a little more um, expected to do. Where like having a routine yeah. food is really tough. So like, I fully agree. Being on the road, that's that's the biggest thing that takes takes the energy away. It's yeah, like, it's not so, eating right and eating the rubbish food in general. Yeah, like I I can't figure that out, man. Well, I'm also just haven't put in enough effort into figuring it out, but like. <laughs> Do you do you feel like just like your your basic you know fruits and vegetables and then like maybe some chicken or like or what what's like a good well, at these races yeah you've got to make an effort to go and to prep beforehand you've got to you've got to especially if you're an athlete you've got to you can't rely on just the road food that you're going to be going up with so you've got to make that effort to put that time in and make those meals and, and yeah it, I mean whether it be a Walmart or you can find some some good ingredients to make some stuff and just prep a little bit beforehand. I don't have to rely on, especially when you go to the East Coast in the middle of nowhere, it's really hard to get places. Yeah, a lot of these hotels don't, like you said, hotels have workout areas, but they don't have, they don't have, you know, ovens no. and stoves. Uh, and, uh, uh, pounded eggs and, and uh, pancakes and that stuff isn't going to cut it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that's the hardest thing is just trying to figure out, you know, not hitting a, a Jersey Mike's or, or a Subway or whatever. You know, it seems like that's the yep. hardest part is the the diet 100% but uh let's see his next one for you is after teaching training riders do you find yourself thinking more about technique while riding 100% yeah exactly yeah, I try and put myself that yeah that's yeah that's one thing I try and put myself what's nice is when I'm coaching and I see a guy struggling with something at least I can relate to what they're going through most 99% of the time so between all the guys I watch and I what I feel so when I'm watching a rider and they're making their whatever mistakes they're making or whatever they're working on or struggling with, I try and be able to relate with them to understand how to change that or what they're feeling when they're riding. And then when I get back on the bike, I go and play with those things. So I can actually feel what I'm also teaching. That's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, everyone, every top rider or trainer knows what the right technique is, but getting someone to understand it and actually put it into perspective or actually put it into action when they're doing it is a, is a whole other story. Yeah, that's the hardest like, thing. Here's I, an I example. All... For me, I remember always saying, I've had every trainer tell me, wait the outside take, and I get it. But I've never really played with feeling that foot pressure, feeling that with the throttle control. And when you actually start playing with it and feeling what effects it has, that really makes a big difference compared to just saying, oh, just wait your outside take. Yeah. So... You've got to feel what it's like to do that stuff and, and play around with it to really get the feel on the dirt bike. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, I think having that experience, right, goes a lot farther than just yeah. saying it. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think that's huge for sure. That's, I mean, that's like jobs nowadays. Like jobs ask for either like a bachelor's degree or experience because they they understand experience is just there's yeah. nothing better than experience. So um let's say you're uh like you said a lot of these pro athletes have trainers and all that but if you were working with a pro athlete right now and you're going into to a1 or into houston this weekend like what's your what's what's your day look like for them you know wake up you doing a small breakfast you doing you know what's what are you kind of telling them for a, a race day go-to program so on race day, I always, I um, mean, obviously the first thing I do is wake up and fuel themselves the right way. Your food through the day is super important. You got to make sure. I mean, not only on the day, leading up to it, it's actually more important the, the days leading up to the event of your hydration and your food. Okay. So obviously on the day, you make sure you eat a eat a good good solid breakfast, eat enough nutrients. But the big thing for me, I would I would wake up obviously have my breakfast. Get your like you got to do a warm up. That is the biggest thing before before. Um, before riding, you can't just get straight on the bike and go. So 
getting a good warm-up in, kind of going through the track. I, I was a very visual person, so for me, I would always kind of walk the track, sit and visualize it, watch previous races, get my mind set. Balance, I'm not overthinking it, but kind of just going through and having a plan in place. And I mean, everyone has their own routine each yeah. day of how they, how they prepare. But um, of course, you've got you to gotta get your mind ready. You've got to be clear, take away all the distractions, any negative thoughts, put yourself in a good mindset. Some people like it to be more light and they like to play around more. Some people like to really go in depth and think about it. You just gotta, you just gotta kind of decide what athlete makes them tick and what makes them feel good. Yeah, that that makes sense for sure. Any any uh, certain things like during the day? Are you focusing on drinking a lot of water? Water? Are you doing anything like liquid IV, or are you kind of just focusing more like on? Yeah, I mean all the top. Like I mean, like you you've got to make sure you have your electrolytes, your recovery. And then, like I said, it's actually very important the days leading up to it to make sure everything's on point. Yeah. Um, but I mean, of course, you want to. You, you, I mean, you need to obviously hydrate, but on the day you want to get those those electrolytes to keep that um that 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 sugar high a little bit through the nothing that's going to make you dip off. Yeah. Your, your um, what's it? Your high fuel, like your between your Rhino Power stuff, Armor stuff, all those top brands that don't have all the bad stuff in it. Um, it helps, it helps keep you fueled through the, through the day for sure, especially in the, in the outdoors, you've got those long motors. I don't think it matters as much for the supercross, but for the, for the, for the outdoors, when you're managing the heat and the, and the motors, it's definitely important. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure you kind of stay away from those like big sweeteners and sugars. Yeah, exactly. I mean, dude, I'm not even kidding. Before my second moto, sometimes I used to, I used to drink, uh, drink half a Coke just if I was feeling super laggy, I'd, I'd have half a Coke before my final moto. Yeah. Just, just to get some of the back in. Yeah, I've heard that about like bicycles and stuff, like big bicycle rides. Like guys will like kind of do it like a a coke in during a during yeah. a bicycle ride. Yeah, and especially I mean, I wouldn't do before the first motor, be before the second motor when you don't have another motor to the day. Nothing wrong with having that uh, that that extra sugar to help boost you. Yeah, sweet. Okay, um, we're going into Houston. Do you do you see? Houston being kind of a shifting point where it's going to be the, you know, like I said, we're only three rounds in, but, you know, four rounds in, we usually see, you know, Kenny sometimes have some issues after four rounds. Um, I I think this is, I think this is a year Kenny finishes all 17. Like he looks comfortable. He doesn't look out of control. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited. I think Kenny wins one. You, you know what I mean? That's a hard call. I just don't, I don't know if he has that edge right now on that. I mean, Maybe if they get the bike a little bit better, I know he's happy with the bike. Yeah. But I don't see him having that edge the way that, say, Sexton's riding or Tomac or even Webb. So I don't know if I would say as much on Kenny winning one. I'd love to see it. Yeah. But um, it, I think it's going to be tough. Yeah. It, but I mean, it's so a, it's a, a shifting point again. I think if, 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 if Eli gets another dominant win, it's going to be a tough one. But again, now Sexton's got to win. I mean, Anderson started getting some momentum. I still don't think we've seen what Anderson's really capable of. So, I guess, yeah, I mean, this, this weekend could definitely show a lot. I think someone like Anderson, if he um, he gets his groove and gets his confidence, you saw it last year when he started getting in his flow. Yeah. He's, he's pretty unbelievable, too. Do you think Anderson's making any enemies right now with, with Webb or Barsha? Do you think he's kind of hurting <laughs> himself a little bit? A little, maybe he's getting his emotions, gets him a little bit. I think he needs to focus a bit more on himself. But again, dude, you go through this, it's, it's so hard when all these guys are so on point. I mean, I know everyone gets frustrated with, with riding Bosch. I think Bosch is going to ride the same no matter what. Yeah. But, I mean, I can't imagine how frustrating it must be when you're trying to get through and you just got these guys always on it to make things hard. But, I mean, that's what makes it that you have to get that start and be consistent through all 17 rounds to become a champion. 
Totally. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was worried about. Like Anderson has the speed. I'm just worried about like 10, 11, 12 rounds in and someone just like saying and just remembering. Yeah, that's why you got to you got to you got to be clever. You got to you got to you got to think you're racing these guys day in and day out. Yeah. And after sure. that, there's no way Boss is going to be nice that guy the rest of the season yeah i agree <laughs> so we'll see what happens but it's gonna be interesting for sure i'm excited to uh to see all these i hope you know it's unfortunate malcolm's already out but hopefully we get all these guys to 17 that's that's what yeah, we need like i just sure. i just want a good good 17 round series good season the whole way through my con tape often get boring yeah yeah for sure. So you, like you said, you mentioned you're in SoCal. Um, you have the W right down the street, Johnny Louch. Do you, yeah. uh, do you feel like with your kids, it's more gym work or is it more riding? You know, the, we've, we've heard that Ferrandis does a lot more riding. He doesn't do really a whole lot of gym work, but like for you, do you say, Hey, like you need to be 70% riding 30% working out or like what's kind of what's yeah, your balance? It's definitely important, especially as they're developing and growing up. To, to make sure the whole body is developing right, so to make sure that they, some of these these kids, like when they get stronger early, like I'm not, I do gym work stuff, obviously not focused too much on heavy weights stuff like that. But if we're talking about my age range, I'll say between 12 and 18 years old, the gym stuff is very important. If they don't have a strong core and they 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 have imbalances in their body and stuff like that, it definitely comes down to the dirt bike. It'll limit them. So yeah, um, I know someone like Ferrandis who's already strong and that stuff. You might feel it's not good for him, but in general. I would, I would say these, these guys definitely need an off-bike program. So their cardio obviously has to be good, the high intensity, which kids are normally easier than when, when you grow up, but developing their muscles the right way, the core, their legs, their shoulders, making sure they're strong, um, it's very crucial, I feel, for the for the growing up stages of getting getting good on the dirt bike. Yeah. Are you guys doing like Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the gym, or is it kind of a little bit yeah, every I, day? Yeah, most of my guys do two days a week. Ideally, I'd like three days, but especially these guys growing up, they could be two days a week with me. And a lot of these kids are really active. They play school sports too. They're yeah. riding three, four days a week. So if I can at least have them two days a week working on all their body, like all their, their full body workouts, um, three, three is ideal, but at least two days a week. Okay, sweet. That's awesome. Okay. Who uh who stand, who's really impressing you right now? Who do you, who's kind of improved a lot? You got any on amateurs or pros? Amateurs. So it depends. There's so many on different levels. It's okay. got to be always 65 to 85. There's so many yeah. that's coming up that it's such a wide range of riders that I can't pinpoint one or two guys. Like I've I'm getting impressed every and I mean all these guys are also up and down. So you'll see someone here, and then the next minute there's someone else. But yeah. there's there's a there's a there's a lot of kids coming up that are really impressive. Some that I'm not doing training, a lot that I do train that I get to see day in and day out that I really feel have potential. Yeah, but things can always change when they when they're growing up. Okay, yeah, I saw you work with you know uh, Finnis last year, and um, he's getting ready to get onto his new gas gas. You know, the, the season's starting. Like you know, a lot of people are talking about Supercross, but amateur season's starting. We got qualifiers in the next four weeks. Um, yeah. So I mean. The amateur season is starting, and I imagine there's a lot of prep work for you for you to get ready. You're probably building your schedule, like you said earlier, building your schedule, building yeah. programs. So, yeah, I mean now there's all these, all the, all the like you said, all the, as you just see all the tracks and everything. Now everyone's getting ready for their racing. There's just there's going to be so much going on. It's, it's for me. I've just got to figure out which races I'm going to and where I'm going to be around. But um, dude, like, yeah, like I said, watching some of these guys and how how much they dedicate to the and to getting to this program. It's, it's pretty impressive to see. But, I mean, 
honestly, like I've I've some sixty five, eighty five that are like really the stuff of the stuff they're doing. Like we said before, just like it's it's pretty damn impressive. So I'm excited to see some of the guys I'm working with how they're going to race. Yeah. And then I haven't seen Phineas in a little while, but I know he's been riding really well. Shane has had a bad deal the last the last year with injuries and that stuff, and that just plays such a big part of the sport as well as who can stay healthy through the season. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I agree with that. So, do you um you have an event coming up too, right? Like something on the East Coast? Don't you have something? Oh, I'm up? doing no. I'm actually doing a training camp with um with uh with with Vicky Golden at Fox Raceway. Okay. So they have something called Over and Out, and they it's only an all girls camp. And okay. they reached out to me and said, hey, they want to actually add some boys into it too. And so I'm teaming up with Vicky Golden and and Over and Out Moto with uh, with Parler Fox Raceway. Okay. Doing a big training camp on the 24th of March, but um, this year I'm going to be doing a lot more. I'm um, like I did with Kenyon Richards in a couple of places. I'm going to try and do a couple more camps around the country um, through the year. Okay, yeah, I, f- I thought I posted one for you like a couple of months ago. I thought you were going to something in Oklahoma or something, but I couldn't remember. Um, yep, that I was. I worked with Dane Moto um, for leading up to Loretta's. Oh, that's so what it was. Craig okay, Alves, so it's before Craig, Loretta's. Craig okay. and myself. Yeah, yeah the great Alves yeah. and, my, and myself. We worked really well together. Yeah. So. Um, I love the way he trained. We kind of put our guys together and did between us. We've got so many championships and people battling for championships and the So we had a great relationship. So I think if there's any facilities I'm going to be working with, it would be Greg Alberton. Um, a lot of things are very, um, what's it, are very uh, about their own place. They don't want to bring other trainers and other riders. So it was pretty cool. Our Greg and our teamed up and, and he let me use his facility and team up with him. And we, we, we kind of mixed our training structures together and it worked out amazing. Yeah, that's badass. That's cool. Yeah, Greg's. I've met him a few times, and he seems really cool. Um, just same as you, just loves the sport, just wants to see it progress. So, yeah, um, that's no, awesome. So it's, it's, working. it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to see what's to come and how big um, the amateur scene is getting, and it seems to be growing every year. Hell yeah, I love that. Well, Caleb, I appreciate the time. Um, anything else that you want to mention? Anything you want to shout out before I let you go? No, well, good, bud. Thanks for having me out and. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, like I said, I appreciate you making the time. We've been we've been kind of working on this. Like I kind of, you know, spurred it on you real quick, but I'm really appreciative of the time you made. But it's uh, it's been fun. Like I said, I got to get back to doing these and um, I'm excited that you made the time to do it with us today or tonight. I should say. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, I'll hopefully see you on the, on the West Coast soon. Yeah, I'll be back over there. I got to get you out on the golf. You can't be actually said his mom and uh, sister are leaving him. So he's like, I got, I got extra room. And then you got extra room. I, I got, I got multiple yep. places. Dude. I'm in, just kind of bouncing, just bouncing. <laughs> <laughs> Come mix it up between both. Yeah. Yeah. But so, but yeah, no, this was cool. Episode 40. Thank you, Caleb Tennant. Thank you to our sponsors, Bell Ray works connection, Scott goggles, a USA spot network TV. Everything's available again, guys. If you can, please, please, please go to the website, motospotshow.com. Um, check it out. We're going to have a sponsor tab there. The Patreon um, tab is live. So if you can, if you donate, it would be awesome. Like I said, we're going to go to Houston this weekend. We're going to go to Tampa, Dallas, and Daytona. So trying to get you guys some more content, bring you people like Caleb, and just you, you know get more involved in the, in the industry. So, again, Caleb, appreciate you. I will see you probably in about five minutes on the sticks. Um, Sounds good, brother. <laughs> Once I finish with this traffic, I'm still on my way home, but I'll get you going back. <laughs> yeah, no worries. But episode 40, Moto Spot Show, that is a wrap. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks, bud. Cheers. Thank you so much. Cheers.